Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. It is a Friday. Well, the United States attacking... Uh, Iran proxies in Syria last night that the United States believes is responsible for attacks on U.S. bases. Mm. 21 U.S. troops have been injured in drone attacks in Iraq and Syria in just two days. You know, we talked yesterday about the traumatic brain injuries that reported uh, that some of these soldiers had uh, because uh, of those uh, uh, attacks. Mm. And so now we've really sort of come full circle because now... Now we're involved in, and you're going to see it uh, probably today and uh, and next week uh, because of new Speaker uh, Johnson about uh, supporting and probably a funding package for Israel. Right. Uh, and probably it will be separate, I'm going to guess, from Ukraine. That's what they're going to be pushing. Yeah, for. I would guess the GOP but, wants to separate it. Yep. But, there, but there's going to be a, there's going to be an aid uh, uh, package coming uh, forth, and the president has been pushing for that aid package, as we all know, that because of the change in policy after the Trump administration, the Biden administration, the president, and his decision has given Iran billions of additional dollars that they would not have had if they would have kept the uh, the uh, embargo, mm-hmm. the the uh, the embargo, which is a federal law, by the way, yeah, to to right. keep Iran from from getting money. If Joe Biden would have stayed with it, with Trump would have done, there would have been tens of billions of dollars less that Iran would have to give to their proxies. Now, after the we know that the Iran proxies are attacking us and we know that the Democrats agree with it. We know the president agrees with it. How do we know? Because of the uh, attacks of U.S. fighters on those Iran proxy ammunition sites yesterday. So everybody knows it, yet we still allow the funding of Iran with oil. Yeah. And it's just pure insanity. And I think that the Republicans, as we stated earlier in the show, should say it as simply here. I want to play this audio cut. As Ted Cruz said two days ago, just keep repeating this over and over again and have the administration respond because this I've never seen. I've never seen that. We we are going to be asking the American public to for more taxpayer dollars to defend Israel. And the initial request came from the president whose policies created the mass funding of the world's leading exporter of terrorism against Israel and the United States 
through their proxies. This I've never seen before. Mm. And the fact is, nobody's actually denying it. And so what I want to play here is if I, I'm going to, I'm going to play the, 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 the full thing from Ted Cruz uh, uh, two days ago. Here we go. Look, the world has gotten much, much more dangerous under Joe Biden and the Democrats. Israel is at greater jeopardy, much greater jeopardy because of Joe Biden and the Democrats. America is at greater jeopardy because of Joe Biden and the Democrats. And your family and my family are at greater jeopardy because of Joe Biden and the Democrats. I'm going to suggest two simple principles that this president can't seem to figure out. Number one, stop giving money to terrorists who want to murder us. And number two, stop letting into this country terrorists who want to murder us. He's doing both. That's all Republicans should be stating right now. Yep. Over and over again. And make the Democrats respond, and then you start the debate. Yeah. Make the Democrats respond. Right. Stop funding terrorists. Stop allowing the funding of terrorists to kill us. Yep. And close the border so they can't get get across. Over and over and over and over and over again. We have new leadership. We've been told there's a new spirit and, uh, you know, uh, and that things will be analyzed differently. Well, analyze it simply and differently and do it now. Because this is just, this is insane. Yeah, it's, and it's a very clear, if you listen to what Ted Cruz said there, it's a very short, concise message. You can repeat it over and over again. Yeah. Make it simple. And if you ever want to make the border a bigger issue, this is the way to do it right now. So easy. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there... Don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. Well, that's it. I mean, 
we have been talking about it. Conservatives have been concerned about it all along for, in part, the same reason. And then you get the uh, the CVP memo the other day that came across. And there's no doubt they already know. We already know that terrorists have crossed the border. We already know that that is the case. We know how many they've apprehended. Then you have to account for gotaways. You have to account for those that don't even qualify as gotaways, and that those are the ones you don't even know about. The question is how many? Because one of the things that was brought up, and I asked the question right after the attack on Israel, how many of the, if Hamas and all of the, you know, the, if Iran's proxies are Hezbollah, Hamas, and then all the other terror groups right now are planning something big, then wouldn't you have put that into motion before you went into Israel, before they attacked Israel? And did that happen? Those are the things we have to be greatly concerned about right now. The southern border is controlled by one of the other enemies, the cartels. The cartels help terrorists get across. We know that. So my question is, what what is Intel showing right now? If Israel missed Hamas's attack, because a lot of the, they abandoned, Hamas had abandoned a lot of the technology. Is there anything that we have learned since the attack on Israel that tells us that could be the case right now in the U.S.? We have to be greatly concerned about it, and our president wants to take weekends off. You know, I want to play some uh, some audio that we did yesterday, and this is uh, a hearing that was held two days ago by the Senate mm. with officials from the Biden State Department and Department of Homeland Security. And I want to play it again because there's a variety of different audio cuts here that I just want to play just to show you the the uh, the such a frustrating situation because we know what's going on at the border. Everybody knows what's going on uh, going on at the border. But as you noticed, and we I played a couple of audio cuts earlier. If you saw yesterday, it was amazing the number of times that Kirby said, can't answer that, can't answer that, can't mm-hmm. answer that. We don't know. We don't know. Ask somebody else. Do this. And Kareem Jean-Pierre, the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's like they don't have no answers to anything. Mm-hmm. And on the border, this is the same thing that happened. And it's almost as if the defense is, we're doing our jobs, but we have no idea what's going on. Yeah, it's actually what they're trying to sell to the American yeah. public. Right. Here's an example of it yesterday. And uh, this would be I think this is Senator Kennedy asking some of the questions here. Here we go. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Mr. Morant, um, since President Biden's been president, uh, how many non-American citizens have come into our country illegally or on the basis of a claim of asylum? Thank you, Senator. Um, HSI as an investigative agency is... uh, Do you know the number? No, Senator. You're a senior member of Homeland Security, are you not? That's correct. Does anybody know the number? None of you know the number. Try 8 million. 
Now, of that 8 million, how many were children, Mr. Morant? I don't have that number. You don't know. Does anybody know? None of you know. Isn't that special? Let's assume half. Okay. Eight million is four Nebraskas. Right? Four new states. Let's assume, I don't think it's as high, half of them are children. How many of the, how many of those eight million people are still here? Do any of you know? Okay. Um, how many, how many of those eight million are claiming asylum? You don't know? How many of them claim asylum and don't show up for their hearing? Nobody knows? How many of them claim asylum, don't show up for the hearing, and President Biden has deported them? You don't know? How how many of them have claimed asylum, shown up for their asylum hearing, and been denied asylum, and been deported? You don't know. Uh, and we're not done yet now that because remember, this was uh, this was you had here um, um, members of the State Department and Homeland Security to talk about the situation at the border. All right. Mm-hmm. Now let's go to uh, Senator John Cornyn talking to Biden State Department official Joseph Salazar. Did you know that in 2022 that people from 174 different countries came to our border and uh, were released into the interior of the United States, 174 countries. Did you know that? Sorry, no, sir, I did not. And did you know so far in 2023, uh, people from 143 countries have come to our border and been released by the Biden administration into the interior of the United States? Did you know that number? No, sir, I did not. Nobody knows anything. We continue with uh, Josh Hawley and his questioning uh, uh, yesterday. Here we go. You say you've read it. Let's talk a little bit about that New York Times report, if we could. Here's a quote from the April 17th installment. Again and again, veteran government staffers and outside contractors told HHS, including reports that reached the secretary, that children appeared to be at risk. Did you warn the secretary that children were at risk? Senator, I'm in regular contact with the secretary. And Did you warn him that children were at risk? Safety and well-being of children is our top priority. Did you warn him that children were at risk? I'm not going to get into the conversations I've had. You're with here the and you're under oath and this is an oversight hearing. And we need to know what you're doing because you're manifestly not doing your job. Did you warn Senator, him that children were at risk? Do you believe that children are at risk? Let's start with that. Yes. Okay. Did you warn the secretary? Senator, I'm not going to get into the specifics of my conversation, but I would like the opportunity. Why wouldn't to talk you about, warn the secretary that children were at I risk? I would like the opportunity to talk about what we. Let's are. look at what you, again. Uh, we'll continue with that because she just wouldn't answer any questions. It's like we just want to talk about what we want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Oversight to hell with oversight. We just want to tell you what we think, 
And most of what we think is we don't really know what's going on, but we're doing our job. Ms. Marcos, can I just start with you? You testified a moment ago to Senator Butler that every child gets a know your rights presentation. Is that correct? That is correct. Is that before or after you release them to labor traffickers? Senator, every child that comes into our care gets a Know Your Rights presentation as well as... Have you read these New York Times reports, these stories, the, the series of stories the New York Times has done on the children who are in your care? Have you read them? Yes, I have. Have you read that children are scrubbing dishes, they are operating heavy machinery, they are delivering, delivering meals, they are harvesting coffee, they are working construction, they are working as housekeepers, they are working overnight shifts at plants where they are not paid, they are not going to school, they are not cared for, they are not giving meals, almost all of it illegally. Are you aware of that? That's a yes or no. Yes. At least she answered a question, one. Yep. They got somebody to answer a question. Yep. But that's what's so maddening about this entire thing on the border is they all pretend. Mayorkas, the same thing when he's up there. Same thing. Everything is the same thing. The border is secure, he said. Yeah. Yeah. For those coming across, yeah. And it's the arrogance that runs throughout this administration. Sorry, oversight. We don't answer to you. Actually, you do. You do. 86690 Red Eye. This morning's USDA Farm Report is brought to you by Howes Products. Tested, trusted, guaranteed since 1920. What is the outlook for our nation's weather conditions for the winter of 2023-24? USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration's forecast for winter weather indicates that... The big story for the United States for the winter of 2023-24 is that we are looking at El Nino being in place for the first time in five years. What that means for practical weather for the U.S. in the winter is typically during El Nino, we see a weakening of the northern jet stream, the polar jet stream, and a strengthening of the southern or subtropical jet stream. So temperatures should be mild and warm for most of the country, particularly along the northern tier. Meanwhile, precipitation should be more predominant in the southern half of the U.S. during the upcoming winter months. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. This report brought to you by Cenex Fuels and Loops. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's our Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. On the intensive manhunt, still underway for the suspect, and they're now calling him a suspect, not a mm. person of interest, Robert Card, facing an arrest warrant for eight counts of murder. Should be considered armed and dangerous, uh, police have uh, said, but that manhunt still underway. Um, interesting, they said, you know, they found the car near a dock. Yeah, and wondered if he took off on a jet ski or had a jet ski there or whatever. But uh, yeah, if I mean, if that 
was the case he's going to be limited in range? Uh, depending, I mean, on his availability, you know, what availability there might be to fuel for any vehicle, really, that he's in. But, um, you know, not knowing the terrain of that area, especially if somebody is out there on on water, my question would be, all right, how far could he have gotten in this amount of time? I mean, I know law enforcement all knows that, but I'm uh, really curious to know what they know about this because this is still very much an active situation. He could be anywhere in that area or by now. It's been well over 24 hours. Uh, Even if he was traveling by vehicle, you can get halfway across the country. So, Hopefully they find well, him soon. And, and in a rural area, sometimes it can be very tough. Remember a couple of years ago, the, the two prisoners in New York that escaped? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, what that was, a lot right. of frustration there. But right. there are a lot of places, a lot of places to hide. Yeah. You know, it's a, well, and, and if you look at at, at at least some of the, and I'm not familiar uh, with Maine, but certainly in, in some of the video that's come out of that area, you know, I mean, like like with any area, there's there's a lot of, heavily wooded uh, places uh, that they can, that that a person could hide in. Um, and it also depends on, uh, I know that the la- local and state resources, I mean, they're just pouring everything they have into this. In fact, uh, officials at the Canadian border said they're aware of the, the, uh, the manhunt. So they're, you know, they've been alerted. Uh, then you look at the BORTAC unit, the U.S. Border Patrol agents from an elite tactical unit known as BORTAC have joined the ongoing manhunt for Robert Card. So we're using now pretty much every level of government and resources to find him. Uh, hopefully they do that soon. to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Hurley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. All right. Now, uh, one of the biggest stories of the week, and I think a lot of people probably found it it, it shocking, Uh you know when you when you see the uh, the the amounts and and this was the Harvard Harris poll that was done mm. on Hamas and Israel. Uh, and when you look at it overall, you say, you know, okay, that it seems to make sense. Eighty four percent of voters side more with Israel than Hamas. But yeah, uh, you know, uh, ages eighteen to twenty four, only fifty two percent agree with Israel. Forty eight percent agree with Hamas. Ages 65 and plus 90, 90, uh, 95%. Uh, you go through the the other shocking ones. There is the one where, uh, let me just see, I want to be able to 
I want to be able to get it. But it was it was shocking when you looked at. I've got so many numbers in front of me here. Mm. I'm actually looking at the 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 uh, the, the poll where it showed that uh, when it came to when you actually asked about Hamas, there was one of them where 52 percent of those 18 to 24 agreed with Hamas, and a significant portion called it genocide, but still agreed with the genocide. And you say, what in the hell's happening here? And what yeah, you found right. out was the higher educated these young people were, the more likely they were to support Hamas. And it just shows you what's going on in our schools. Everything seems to make sense then when you look at the fact, as we said, if you can convince somebody, if you can bully them, if you can intimidate them, if you can threaten people to lie, because most people know that a man can't be a woman, or are they willing to buy into something like that? You know, But how do you get in the United States of America where you have... 95% of people over the age of 65 that say, that understand Hamas, and half of young people, 18 to 24, believe that Hamas uh, is doing the right thing and that genocide is acceptable. How in the world do you get there? Now, the only thing, and I looked at the entire uh, Harvard-Harris poll, I mean, because it was a huge poll, and it went through you know, the favorability of different candidates and everything, the, all the normal stuff right, that they do. Right. Everything was broken down into Democrats, Republicans, and independents, except when it came to Israel and Hamas. Nowhere do they break it down into politics. And what they say is there's a generational gap. Yeah, right. And I went, well, yeah, okay, you can make that case overall. There's a generational gap. 65, excuse me, 95% of people over the age of 65, when all grouped together, uh, you know, believe that uh, Hamas is wrong for what they did. That would tell you that most Democrats in that age group. Right. uh, Did. Right. But when you break it down and you roughly 50-50 for young people 18 to 24, break that down. I guarantee, I guarantee that there is a huge differentiation between those who call themselves liberal Democrats and conservative Republicans mm-hmm. at that age. Mm-hmm. I guarantee it's huge at that yeah. point. Yeah. But they didn't include that. There is no what politic, you know, what political party, you know, where do you stand? Are you Democrat, Republican, or an independent? It doesn't exist for that at all. Yeah, it's um which is interesting. But does it, because it, when it, you break it down, it really isn't just about age demographics. But once you get above the age of 65, it is. So my question is, why? Why is there such a generation gap? Is it because the younger yeah. generation doesn't know the the history? Do they feel so removed from everything that it doesn't apply? I mean, the social media mindset, looking at your phone, clicking a like button, you're voting on things all the time. You're taking a side all the time. And if you don't apply history 
if you don't know the truth, then you're just going to click, you're just going to, you know, issue a response in this case. Because if you get to 95% in the older demographics, well, that tells me, because you just do the simple math, we're folks that have been around longer. And we know the history. We understand it. 32% of those 18 to 24, 32%, hmm. believe that Hamas terrorists killed 1,200 Israeli civilians by shooting, raping, and beheading people, 32% believe that's a false story. It didn't happen. 53% of those age 18 to 24 believe that Israel rules Gaza and not Hamas. Hmm. Wow. Uh, 45% of those ages 18 to 24 believe the Israeli airstrike was responsible for the Gaza hospital explosion. So what do you get there? Roughly half of those young people have the facts completely wrong. Yep. And that's it. I mean, it's and... Which is, and, and you've got half that believe that... Hamas was justified in what they do, even though some of them believe they didn't do anything. Apparently, I, I yeah. don't. Right. I, I, I don't. Here's the thing. You and I have talked about in polling here. You know, you ask a question, you see one question answered a particular way, and then the next question that's asked, you look and you say, well, it doesn't make sense. How can people believe that if they believe this in this next question? And that's this is one of those those points in a, in, in a survey that you see right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, if in this situation you still have a great deal of ignorance, I don't know how to cure that. Because there is no way you can convince me it is not willful ignorance. You have to be putting the blinders on yourself. And that's the only way you get to that point. When you don't know the truth in a situation like this, which is the story globally right now, if you don't know that truth, it's because you choose not to look. You're wearing the blinders, your head's in the sand, wherever your eyes are, they're not on the truth. And so you can respond this way. And it's out of willful ignorance. And it's dangerous. It's dangerous because it lends then political power to the enemy. And also steals political power from our allies and domestically. If both sides right now and all generations right now were outraged as many of us are, things from the Biden administration might be different. I say might because I'm not convinced completely. 
But I don't know how we're not all in unison at the top of our lungs shouting, do something, cut Iran off, seal the border. That's my question. Do they even know that? Which is why you and I said how Ted Cruz phrased it. Yep. Stop giving terrorists money. And because yeah. because of the now it isn't our taxpayer dollars going to them, but it's the behavior of the change in policy which has given them the money. Which we the control US, that embargo, which, which the U.S. was in control of. Yep, we control that embargo. Right. right, and we also tell everybody else in that region, you you got to pick a side right now. We're cutting Iran off. They are here and now a pariah. Here's something, uh, and this is on a different part of the poll here, because I had this happens to be right beneath all the Israeli and uh, uh, Hamas part of the Harvard-Harris poll. You and I asked the question, why did, why was there such, a, after Emmers, you know, bowed out very quickly, mm-hmm. why did within a period of hours, I mean, as soon as Johnson, even though you had, I think, 33 defectors from McCarthy, what happened? How did they all come together so quickly? Well, over a week before when this survey was taken, 62% of GOP voters say the Republicans who ousted McCarthy are hurting the Republican Party. And that was a week before. So you still had all everything else that went through. Is that why? Hmm. Is that why there was that, you know, for example, Gates came out and said, all right, yes, great success. And we said, well, nothing's going to change. You're not going to, your goal, your initial goal is to shut down the government in three weeks. That's not going to happen. Right. You know, and and he's made it clear that they're looking for a continuing resolution that may be, you know, go all the way till next year sometime. And we said, why did he soften? Is that why he softened? Could be. Were the numbers, landslide numbers well, of, of Republicans saying, what are you doing? Because this this was over a week before this ended. 62% of GOP voters say the Republicans who ousted McCarthy are hurting the Republican Party. That's Gates and the other yep. was it eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And I hadn't seen that number. I didn't know. I hadn't seen a poll. Now, we were on vacation, but I still had not seen a poll of Republicans on this. And so the Harvard-Harris poll was the first that I saw there on it, which is interesting, which... Is that is that the answer to the question? Because we've asked the question, what was it? Why did they? And was there a massive amount of frustration in that last week where people just went, come on, get it together. There are huge things going on. Well, that's it. I mean, you know, you and I threw about uh, threw around the, the possibilities of things that they maybe in the halls they were learning about what might go down with Israel or what might happen and you know, what's going to be necessary and and why they would need to get it together very quickly. That should be, by the way, obvious every day if you're in those halls. If you're a member of Congress, you should know this. But it's quite possible they looked at this and maybe they have some other internals that show. Because the, the, the last thing the GOP in the House needs in 24 is voter apathy. You need the opposite. You need the energy. You need every rank and file on board. 866-90-RED-EYE. 
Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. It's interesting because not a lot of media attention paid uh, to the, uh, the the Trump trials this week. The the, the trial I this mean, weekend. just a couple of small stories yeah. that came out. And the interesting thing is, uh, I was reading, it was a National Review story. Don't have time to yeah, get into the minutia of it. But basically, the article was about the actual trial and Trump's attorneys basically saying, Trump's attorneys suck. That they are missing you know, very easy constitutional issues to defend the president. It's like, and it's, it's mind boggling. And there really hasn't been a lot of discussion on that. Maybe we'll talk a little bit more about that, uh, that next week. But when I, when I went through, you know, when, and what they were actually talking about is they're on, they're on the right path, but they're not using the precedent that's been set by the Supreme court, basically in both of the issues there mm. that you've got key that in their actual arguments and legal briefs and arguments in court, they're not using the precedent as their argument. And it's like, can't figure out why. And I, one of the, the quotes was, can't figure out why or why they don't read National Review. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so basically, we're telling them, this is a defense you should be using. Why aren't you using it? It made some great points. Because I'm mm-hmm. like, well, that would be easy. If you've got this precedent and it's a free speech issue and you've got the Supreme Court precedent to back it up, well, you want that in your brief. Yeah, you, you want yeah. that in in court as to you know what you're going to you know how you're going to defend the the uh, the the president. So I found that uh, really interesting. And mm. also, mm. Larry Elder is out and supports Donald Trump. I didn't know he was. I mean, yeah, we knew he was in, but he mm. really was never really in. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing the fundraising was you know uh, not great. Uh, they there was a story out yesterday about a couple of the other candidates that really aren't bringing in any money i have to believe a lot of the right now the donors are sitting on the sidelines because it looks like in, until something changes trump's going to be the nominee so how yeah. much money are you going to spend you know if you think he's going to be the nominee you're going to save that for him This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. Yay! The Hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, "What is it real? (laughs) (laughs) In 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What women binge wherever you listen. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. This is one of the all-time best pieces of advice ever given on the show. Actor Rain Wilson. The number one thing that psychologists point to with young people of why they are struggling so much in this mental health epidemic is they don't have resilience. So how do you build resilience if you don't understand suffering itself? The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. 